Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Well, welcome back to the Talk of Fame Network. Uh, we're brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com. Our next guest was, uh, never slowed down. He's one of the most graceful receivers ever to run a go route in the NFL. Uh, James Lofton averaged 18 yards to catch over a 16-year career to earn himself uh, a bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was the sixth overall pick in the 1978 NFL Draft by the Green Bay Packers. He also played for the Los Angeles Raiders, who always blamed, belonged in Oakland, by the way, uh, and the Buffalo Bills, earning eight Pro Bowl invitations. He was named to the NFL's All-Decade Team of the 80s, he played in three Super Bowls with the Bills in the 90s. He caught 764 passes for 14,000 yards with 75 touchdowns in his career and has remained close to the game in retirement as an NFL uh, analyst for Westwood One. James Lofton, welcome to the show. You know, I was listening to the music, and I guess other teams don't have that theme music like the Raiders do. Nobody has music like I mean, the Raiders. I mean, that, that really is the Raiders. I'm sitting up here, the Cowboys don't have music. The Steelers don't have music. That, that's pretty special. <laughs> James, we play that song as often as we can. <laughs> and, and I stand up just like the national anthem. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I believe all that. <laughs> hey, James, how, how do you measure greatness in receivers? The first thing I look at is the average yards per catch was one of the reasons I was such an advocate of yours for the Hall of Fame. What's the first thing you look for in a wideout? You know, it's funny, there, there are so many different things that you could look at today, but the, the first one is the, the eyeball test. You know, while you're watching a game, does the guy stand out? Is he beating the defense? Are they having trouble with him? Is he winning one-on-one -on -one matchups? Is he making spectacular plays? You know, a guy could be 5'9 and be a great receiver. He could be 6'4, 6'5 and be a great receiver. So the, the first thing I look at is it's kind of just that eyeball test, and you can, you can kind of just tell. You know, James, Des Bryant and uh, Demarius Thomas both have been franchised by their teams this offseason, and they both won long-term contracts, paying them in excess of $100 million. Uh, with the saturation of four and five receiver sets today and the slot receiver being so important in today's NFL football, uh, in your opinion, uh, is any receiver worth $100 million these days? Well, it, it's not a matter of whether guys are worth it. It's whether or not they're going to get it. And whether or not they're <laughs> going to get it, the answer is probably yes. And the structure of the contracts are such that, you know, you see a seven-year, $100 million deal, and it really is a four-year, $60 million deal. Not to, that those terms don't make you smile. Four years, $60 million is still a lot of money. Um, so, you know, it, it's just a product of, of what's happened to the game. Funny, you, you kind of hate to date yourself, but when I came into the league in uh, 1978, I was aspiring to make $100,000 a year. <laughs> By the time I left in 1993, guys were snubbing their noses at $2 million a year if they were top-flight players. And, you know, look at where it is now. And 100000 that's tip money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. James, you played in an era when receivers had to fight for every inch of space in their routes. You know, now wideouts have the rules stacked in their favor. DBs can barely touch them until after reception. It's become a game of pitch and catch with an explosion of stats. Is the NFL game better because of it? Well... You know, as we watch any sport, there are subtle rule changes. If you were to uh, show Steph Curry dribbling the basketball for the Golden State Warriors to 
some of the old Boston Celtics of the 60s, they say, well, he's carrying the ball over. He's traveling right. every time he's moving. So those rule changes have, have changed. Uh, you look in baseball, you, know, you have these guys who look like they've come straight out of the weight room now, and they hit home runs every other time that they're up to bat. So there are always rule changes. And I think the athletes who are playing the game are, are taking advantage of the rule changes. Uh, it's still not an easy game. You still have to be great athletes to excel in the NFL. Well, it's one of the uh, problems that uh, Goose and I have as members of the Hall of Fame Selection Committee, James, is that uh, you know, we've been struggling for a decade or so now with these wide receiver numbers. Uh, you know, Everybody's catching 100 passes these days, it seems. Uh, and it's one of the reasons it took so long for Tim Browns and the Chris Carters and Andre Reeds to get inducted and, and why uh, Marvin Harrison and Isaac Bruce are still on the waiting list. We're just not sure anymore what these statistics really mean. You know, Goose asks me all the time, is Wes Welker a Hall of Fame receiver? Uh, you know, I watched him play, obviously, in New England, where I am now many years, and I don't think so. Well, you put those numbers up there, and, you, and it, 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 they slap you in the face. Can, can you enlighten us on, on what we should be looking for in a Hall of Fame receiver in today's game? Uh, I didn't know we were still in the age of enlightenment. but <laughs> <laughs> I like to be enlightened. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will try. I will try the best that I can. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the to the eyeball test. But, you know, when, when Andre Reid was up, when... Tim Brown was up, you know, because they were my teammates and friends of mine. I got asked about them a lot. And so it, it kind of made me develop my kind of Hall of Fame uh, criteria for, uh, I guess, the wide receiver position or any position. And, you know, length of a career. Did you ever consider this guy one of the three, four best players in the league at his position while he was at the height of his career? And did he give his team a chance to win championships? You know, everybody's not going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, We've seen that with a lot of great players. But, but I think when, when you're watching greatness, it's pretty hard to deny it. But the other thing about playing wide receiver position is, is it's a glamour position right now, and the numbers are there. So they leapfrog over uh, the great linebacker. They leapfrog over the great safety. They leapfrog over the great interior offensive lineman. So I think from that standpoint, it's okay to make guys wait a little while. It's okay to take a step back and not just anoint them because, oh, well, he had seven 1,000-yard seasons. Well, it's kind of not as big a deal as it used to be. James, do you believe there's a wall for receivers? You know, in seasons that you caught 60 passes, you might have been targeted 90 times. Now the elite receivers are getting 150, 175, even 200 passes thrown their way in a single season. You know, every time a ball is thrown, a receiver is going to get hit, even on incompletions. Larry Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson have suffered recent and dramatic drop-offs in production. You know, can the great ones be hitting a wall from overuse? Could all those hits now be shortening the windows of greatness? Uh, not, not only overuse. Next year, 2016, they're going to have the Summer Olympic Games down in, down in Rio. And when they line up for the 100 meters, I would guess that the nine guys that they line up will probably be all under the age of 32. And what we're trying to do, we're trying to force these wide receivers who come into the league and who, like you say, who take a pounding, who get hit a lot, we're trying to make them, in our minds, be the fantasy football players, be the leaders of their team, the faces of the franchise at ages 32, 33, 34. And if they were an Olympic athlete, they'd be past their prime just in running 100 meters down the field with, with nobody hitting them. So to, to think that guys are going to play exceptionally well and not tail off, uh, once they get into their 30s, uh, I, I think is you know you're, you're, you're wishing upon a star at that point. 
Well, we'll shift gears a little bit, James. Uh, Rick and I had a little exercise here earlier in the show where we each picked uh, two wide receivers from history. Anybody you want. Uh, you can have two receivers. Who would you take? Uh, and uh, he took Lance Alworth and Paul Warfield. Not bad for a guy who Not bad. doesn't know that much about football, but he had two good picks there. Uh, and then I picked uh, Jerry Rice and, and Cliff Branch. No respect to yourself, but uh, uh, Cliff could fry, fly. I'm just wondering, who would you pick, excluding yourself, of course, uh, who would you pick as your two wide receivers in history? Well, well, I figured since I was the guest that you guys both excluded me since I was exactly. in your first Exactly, of course. <laughs> no question. Goes without oh, okay. saying. Any two receivers in history. And right. I, I'm going to turn the clock back even even further than Bambi. I'm going all the way back to Don Hudson. Wow. When you look Good at call, what Don man. Hudson did from, I think, 1935 to 1945 with the Green Bay Packers over 11 seasons, he put up Babe Ruth-type numbers. And by that, I mean when Babe Ruth hit 50, 60 home runs, he was hitting as many home runs as other teams. There was one season, and, and I don't want to mess up a good story by trying to pull the facts out, when Don Hudson <laughs> had more receiving yards than Sid Luckman, the Hall of Fame quarterback for the Chicago Bears, had passing yards. <laughs> so when you just look at what he did, he shaped the game, he had exceptional speed, and he was really credited with kind of inventing pass routes. So I take Don Hudson number one. Now I, I think as, as we as we move down the field and you guys decide you're going to double Don as we get down to the red zone, who could I take who was big, who would just stand out in today's game? Like you said, you can't touch him. Harold Carmichael, six wow. eight. He has massive hands. You talk about a matchup nightmare in the red zone. So my two trump any of you guys two that you put together. You could even put all four out there. Same time. I just take two. Hey, not if I got pet fish around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the old rules were in effect, he could he could cover them. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and and you know, like you say, rules change. But when you when you take great athletes from era to era, they they kind of stand the test of time. And I, I think all six guys that we mentioned would. James, what's your take on Deflategate? The punishment fit the crime. Well, some some days. You know, I'm really on Tom Brady's side because what Tom – and this is a conversation I imagine could have happened. I, I, I was at the game. I, I called that game for Westwood One, and, and I just imagined, man, it's cold today. Hey, hey, you guys, don't, don't make the balls rock hard. Just, you know, soften them up just a little bit for me. I mean, is, is that a huge crime? Do, do you say – and I'm not sure if, if, if Tom says get the gauge out and I want these things at 11-8. One of them at twelve one. I'm not. I'm not sure if that. You know, like I said, that eyeball test I talked about earlier. There's also a feel when you feel a ball. You you can feel when it's a little overinflated, when it's a little underinflated, and, and there's a you know there's a sweet spot. And so for me, maybe Tom is going for the sweet spot. Maybe it's more diabolical than that. I didn't read every page of the Wells report, so I, I think we we are where it is right now, and, and if it gets reduced. Great for Patriots fans. If it doesn't, they've got a hill to overcome after a four-game suspension by Brady to start the season. Well, James, we've got about 30 seconds left. I'd like to ask you one last question. Uh, if you could change one thing about the NFL today, what would it be? Oh, that, that's so easy. Double <laughs> the pensions for all the retired players. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, we, we, we laugh tongue-in-cheek about that. There is so much money in the game today. Uh, there are a couple players who were fined more money last year than, than I ever made in a career. And there are guys who, who I know who, who played in the 
70s and early 80s who, you know, played six, seven years, they, they weren't thinking that, you know, the NFL is going to make me wealthy. But the NFL has become so wealthy that it would be nice if you could dole out a little bit of extra money. Thanks. For those guys. Well, you're right, James. That's fair. Th- uh, you know, we've run out of time, unfortunately, and we can stop on that upside. Thank you uh, for being a guest with us. We'd like to thank you for stopping by and educating us on wide receivers. And we're looking forward to seeing you in Canton this August again. Uh, thanks for visiting with us. Thanks, guys. Always enjoy it, Ron. Rick. Thanks, James. Well, the Talk of Fame uh, Network is brought to you by uh, MyCleanPC.com. If your computer is running slow, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down uh, your computer. And when we return, we'll talk about one of my favorite topics, the Patriots. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.